You're listening to the Purpose Driven Person Podcast. This podcast is made for leaders unwilling to give up their desires to be purpose driven. Guys, I made this show for a compass for you to have more purpose in leadership through four concepts creation, communication, collaboration, and connection in both business and in life. My name is Matthew Leland Cox. I'm the founder of Never Give Up Youth Healing Center, Never Give Up Wellness Center, and Never Give Up Foundation. You can find me at MatthewLelandCox.com. Are you ready? Well, let's do this. You probably had many fights in your home with your child getting their homework done. So today's topic for the show is going to be on how to get my kid to do my homework without any fights or less fights. We'll just go there because not everything's all peaches and and roses and, and, and you can't have perfection all the time but how can we limit the fights get less of them and put the responsibility on our children and not own it as parents that's what we're going to be talking about because a lot of times when it comes to this topic as i've worked with parents the battle of doing homework is huge and how to get your child to get this homework done in a timely manner and some reason the parents we have been trained and taught that it is our responsibility if our child doesn't do it. Now I'm going to go through some ideas and concepts to see what you think. So we're going to take it on two different realms. I'm going to start in just talking about different tips and different ideas that you can do to help with getting your kid to do their homework. So let's dive into it. Homework has always been a thing in struggle because when we go to school, young, old, all the way to college, we always have homework going on. And and you know that that's an idea that we're going to change the word homework in a minute. I'm going to give you some ideas why it's so important to change that word. The biggest thing is most people in in the first law that I want you to understand when it comes to doing homework with kids. And this is something I had to learn from experience um, as I worked in, in group homes and centers and just working with kids one-on-one. And even myself growing up as a learning disability child with a learning disability at a young age is that number one, law number one, you have to and you need to understand that most kids do not like to do homework. Sorry. We just don't like it. Even as adults, you have to step back and get out of the box and think of when you were a kid. Now, if you're that exception, because I say most, I always say that because there's some kids that just love it and they do really well at homework and that's their that's where they succeed in. But you have to understand that kids do not enjoy doing it. This is just something that it's not natural for them to spend all day long in school and then rush home and say, yeah, I want to do my homework. It's like you coming home from work and being tired and overwhelmed and say, yeah, I want to work more. And I brought my home, my work home and, and I'm going to sit it at the table and I'm going to still work for my boss and do it for free. And it, 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 yeah, it doesn't work. So you have to always remember that it's not about you. It's not about them. You have to understand that homework is not the thing. You got to focus on getting them to do it, not worrying about controlling them. Uh, and it's, it's not, and if you understand that they don't like it and some don't, you have to get to know your child because there might be some that are really good at it. They come in, they sit down, they do their homework. And then there's that one child that you have that comes in, sits down and wants to play Xbox, right? And then you come over and say, hey, Johnny or Joe, Joey, you need to go do your homework. And it becomes a battle, doesn't it? Because those electronics is what they choose to focus on for that remainder of time. So when you have to shift them. 
So that's number one. Law one is know that not all kids want to do homework. The second law of, of homework is that you you cannot make anyone do it. And and that's the thing is, is this is where we kind of get disconnected as parents is that, well, you need to do it because if you don't do it, it looks bad to me. And it looks like I'm not being a good parent because you don't get your homework done. And then your teacher's calling me. And so now it becomes you versus them. And it's all about them. And you can't make it your children. You can't make any child learn. And that's something you have to understand is even as adults, it, it, if can somebody really force you to learn? If I sit you in a room and I say, okay, you need to learn this because if you don't, I'm going to fire you. And this is you as an adult. Are you going to respond to that very well? Now, out of fear, you might say, oh, oh no, I need to pay my bills. I'm going to do whatever you tell me. Yes, yes, yes. And and you have to realize this. Where are you coming out of? Because homework is, is you can't force them to learn. You can't make them hold a certain attention. Because if I'm sitting there yelling at you, threatening you, telling you, you better get your homework done, it, it, it the pencil's not going to move any faster, right? And so you got to think about that. What you can do instead, uh, you can assist them. And that's something I want you to point out in this law as we go through these things. And we're just kind of building up to it as we get into it. And I'm going to get to that point. And I know the question's coming. So I'm going to throw it out there. That question is, when they refuse to do the homework, what do I do? And I'm going to come to it. So hold on because we're just building up to that because I know that's one of the big questions for parents when they fl- flat out say, I don't care if I get bad grades. And, and we'll talk about how we um, come back and use that and figure out how to get them motivated. But the, the thing is, is that you, you got to make sure you understand you're there to assist them. That means being positive instead of, you know, just having them encourage them, inviting them to do it. Because number two, the law that I want you to really understand, and this is something we're going to take a little bit before we go to break and, and help you understand that, is the whole important thing is law number three. You ready for this? So number one was most kids don't like to do homework. Number two is is that you can't force anyone to learn. And here's number three. It's really important is it's their problem. Well, that's pretty harsh, right? Why would I say it's their problem? Well, let's go through it. Let's explore it. Here it is. Is that why it's their problem is the principle behind this is that it's their brains. You need to encourage them. The bottom line is they have to sit their butt in the chair. They have to do the motivation. It's them motivating themselves and too many parents see that the homework is their problem. So they create this whole thing of screaming, yelling, threatening, bargaining, uh, all these things, withholding privileges. This is the, the, the normal, natural way that we've been taught to get our kids to do homework. Have you noticed most of these tactics as you've done them yourself and as we've been have, as kids when we were, they were done to us is that they never work. They only give us like... It might work for a minute as you scream and yell at the kid and say, you need to do your homework, gosh dang it, I don't want to go to your school conference again and get embarrassed, and and it just goes on and on. But at the end of the day, that tactic doesn't work because that comes out of those concepts that we taught a while back, if you've heard some of the shows, is love versus fear. If I'm motivated out of fear and I motivate out of love, how that looks is I can come at you, yell, scream, get everything to do, uh, the whole lion tamer kind of approach, and I get you submitted for just a little while, and you're obedient, and you do it. But when I leave the room, you start wandering and focus on something else because the fear is not in the room. So most of the time when you go fear-based and you have to approach them on a fear-based kind of approach, you have to remain in the room and control it. 
And really, honestly, control is an illusion as we've talked about. Because who really has the control? You don't. Because you lost the control because you came more invested in it. Because if you're more invested in that child and in their homework, then you just did them a disjustice. And we're going to go into that, how that works. Because in the long run, until they get the, the, the natural consequence of it, unfortunately, mom and dad, you're not going to be there when they lose their job because they don't get the deadline done or they don't follow through on something because that's the process of doing homework. So that's something you have to look at. It's their problem. Now, our responsibility as parents is to provide the child with the opportunity to do the homework or the job is to provide them with this most important word. I'm going to say it, structure. Yeah, it's that easy. It's structure. Now, let's go over the structure is that the child is using the ideas of having that structure because structure is the most viable thing to create that structure is going to help that child get the job done and use the system that you provide them. Because that's the job of the child is to use that system that you create for them, the structure, as as the great parent you are, as you know that you're so... Because we all have the tools and the abilities to do this, but what happens is we get so tired and overwhelmed. I know as I've helped kids in the past doing homework, um, it becomes draining because if it was a long day and now I have to sit down and help them do the homework, how can I focus? Because maybe another issue, I know for me, sometimes when I'd help with homework, it was, I didn't know the subject that well, so how can I help them? And so you might bump up against that sometimes as a parent. But as you provide the structure for them to do it, that's important. So here's the next part of it is that, you know, in, instead of using, the, and this is what we are talking about, but I'm, I'm going to wait before we come back from break. But before we go to the break, I want you to understand this, is that when you're providing that structure, make sure the structure is very simple. Keep it very simple. Keep it driven towards the child. Make sure the child, it meets the needs of that child. Don't, because every need is different. We're going to talk about that because you might have a child with a learning disability that's going to meet a little bit more structure and guidance. And then you might have a child just just needs to be left alone and and uh, have that structure so they can come home and they can do those things. So now when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about why we shouldn't use the word homework. And we're going to change that whole word and we're going to create a whole different environment. It's pretty cool how that works when just a simple word will change attitudes and change the environment and energy. So when we come back, we'll hit that. So we talked about, you know, one of the things as parents is understanding that the structure is so important, having those systems in place and why it's so important. Now, when we went out to break, I mentioned we're going to change a word. And this word, as we said, because sometimes we label, sometimes we have words that have a negative meaning. And so we have to learn to switch it up a little bit. So here's what we're going to do. You know, what we're going to do is talk about how we eliminate the word out of our vocabulary, homework. Because homework is sometimes a burden when you say, okay, son, Johnny or Susie or whoever, you got to do your homework. What do you get? Ah, oh, do I have to? I don't really want to. Or I love this one. Oh, I forgot it. It's at school. Or, oh, mom, I already did it. I did it while I was at school. And then you find out that they didn't hand it in and they didn't and they're getting bad grades. So there's a lot of excuses, even down to the my dog ate my homework, right? And so you have to really think about this because a lot of times kids simulate or 
relate homework with something that's negative. It's like the word no. It could be a negative thing. And so you have to teach him by switching it up. So what we're going to do is eliminate that out of our vocabulary, and we're going to change it up with this word. So here's the word that we're going to put in place. Is we, We're going to replace it with the word study. That's it, study. And have a study time instead of a homework time. Switch it out. That's all it is. It's that simple. If you keep it simple and try this with your kids, it's saying, hey, study time. And then they know that it's study time, not homework time, because it's like a continuous of a long day of what? School. It's kind of like where you actually continue as an adult. You have study time. It's just maybe you read a good book or maybe you have a topic you study. Maybe if you're a religious person, you go study religion. Um, it's That's because you know that's your personal study time. So you have to switch it up because if it's a long, get, long dragged out day of homework in school, instead of eight hours at school, they're at 10 to nine hours. So you got to remember, we're putting these kids through a lot as a young age and we're trying to force them to cram it all into a whole big day of it. So you have to be very creative. And the thing is, is you switch that and you create a study time, you also have a study table instead of a homework table. And that's a current place. that You find it in your home where it's right there every time that's their place. And by changing this word alone towards the uh, eliminating of it, it's going to create a huge thing for your child just by saying that, that word. Uh, you know, I don't have to, any homework. Study time is about to, you know, start. And that's the thing is, is you want to give them a warning before study time occurs. Because let's say one of your children, again, if we have two different types of children and one goes to do their homework, because maybe one just gets it. If I get my homework done, I'm going to have more free time. That's a natural way of thinking. You you encourage that. You say, well, way to go, Susie. I, I'm proud you did your homework. And, and then if the other one goes to video games and then they choose to wake up early to do their homework, you let them have some freedom of choosing what works for them because you want to give them some freedom and, and being responsible for it because it is their choice. It's, it, they have to own it. It's, not their, it's, your, it's their problem, not your problem. So you got to make sure you understand that. And it's amazing having how much uh, more homework kids have when they have study time regardless of whether they have homework or not. And, and the thing is, is, is you'll start realizing, hey, I have study time, and they're going to be pulling things out of the word work as they open up their thing. When you say I have homework, they're going to be like, things are going to be missing. It's interesting how it works, and just test it. Try it. See what it works like, and, and give me some feedback if you have any goods on it. Um, and the thing is, is if you estimate a study routine and you establish this, it, you know, this is the biggest thing. Routines are huge because kids all want structure. And I'm going to say that over and over. Routines are very big because kids want structure. They really thrive even, even though they complain and, and throw fits about it. Uh, they really do want that structure. They'll complain all the time. I don't want it. This, you know, and, and, and they'll persist that they, they don't want that stru structure. But as the kid has structure, they thrive. And this brings me back to a story that they did in a university. I can't remember. I have the story. If you, I'm going to post it on the website if you want to go look at it. Um, it's a great story. It's about a university that did a study on how kids can do if they delay certain responses. And it was talking about delaying response of, of, of reaction, of gratification. So homework is huge because they have to delay that because they know they want to go play. They want to go do this. And what they did is a, a professor 
did a study on marshmallows, and I loved it because it was an interesting thing. He put one marshmallow out in front of the kids, and he says, now, if you wait for one minute, I'll give you another marshmallow so you'll have two marshmallows. And the kid's like, okay. And so the professor left the marshmallow out there, went behind a window that they couldn't see through, and he had a camera. And as he watched these kids, the study was is that there were some that couldn't wait. And so they would eat the one marshmallow. So they couldn't delay their gratification. They had to have that marshmallow. And then there was some that were patient, got the two marshmallows. Now, the professor in the study, he followed these kids throughout the study. Later on in their adult years, as they became uh, older teens and going on into college, he found the ones that wouldn't wait and would eat the first marshmallow and not wait and delay that gratification. They had problems. They lost jobs. They lost marriages. They were having a lot of struggles because they had a harder time to control their impulsivity. Now, the ones that had that natural delay to wait till the the second marshmallow because they knew the payoff was greater, they had successful jobs, they were doing things. And it was interesting to see that research. Now, that's a simple research. You can, a lot of people would say, well, that's not a big thing, but it's interesting. By just using a marshmallow, you can measure if a child's going to be impulsive, if they can wait and be patient. And this is what homework is because it's a, it's a factor of teaching them to be patient and go through the system and learning the routine and keeping them and say, hey, now if you do your homework for an hour, you're going to have success in the long run. Now, as a kid, they're not going to get that. They're going to be like, well, I want to go play my video games. And it's your job just to set up that structure, help them understand it because if it's just helping them establish that routine, Letting your child have some input in it is important, not when the when the study time should, could occur because um, once it, the time is there, you want to stick to it. And this is the hardest thing in parenting is being consistent because a lot of times you know it needs to be done and then you're tired, and especially in today's economy. A lot of my parents I work with have two jobs, three jobs. And they're just so burned out. And so it's hard to stay consistent and stick to that schedule. And every child's waiting for that structure just to move a little bit. Because remember, the job of a parent is to unintentionally screw our kids up. And the job of a child is to push your boundaries. If they're pushing your boundaries, they're doing it. And that's their job is to test it and say, uh, that, oh, that one fell over. Now I can get over and get that cookie in the cookie jar. It, it, and it's that that's what a child's going to do is, can I touch the stove? Ouch, that hurt. Oh, I learned the natural consequence in it. I won't touch that stove again because I got burned. And that's the thing is that a lot of times when it comes to homework, when you, again, going back to what we were talking about, you own it as a parent. You're more invested. So who's getting more stressed? Why are you yelling and screaming? Because you're more invested and it's all about you and not the child. So help them set up that time, stick to it. Kids will thrive in that structure. Like I, I will promise you that. And, 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 and this is the thing, may take several weeks to establish it. I want you to understand that because a routine, it becomes a habit, but you got to stick to get the payoff. You got to stick to it. It's like exercising and I'm finding out because, um, you know, for the years, as I've shared in the, in the show is that, um, being heavy guy and then losing it and then going a yo-yo a lot. And, and it's that constant consistency and hard work that's going to pay off. So you got to stick to it. Don't let down your guard because once you feel comfortable, the, the, you know, it'll persist. By But once you get that routine in place and you're just checking up on it and guiding it, um, by having a regular study time, you're going to basically have a value of education in your home. Okay, so that's important. I want you to understand that is the more study time or the time that's there and it's allotted and you honor it, 
uh, is going to show the value of it. Keep the routine and practice it. Make it simple. Once per, you know, making sure that there's a five minute warning before the, that study time occurs. Now, this is an important concept because you can't go around demanding the authority because there's a respect factor on both parts. And a lot of times in parenting, it's that I'm the parent, so you're going to listen to what I do because I'm really frustrated at work and I'm not paying the bills and it's really stressful. So I'm going to yell at you and take it out on you, Johnny and Susie. And I, I use Johnny, Susie. I don't know. Who, they're fake kids. But anyways, it, it's you have to check your energy at the door. You have to say, I'm coming in now. I'm putting my hat on as a parent. I was the boss or I was this and I can't let my kids own my problems at work. Now I got to become the parent and I have to protect them and get them prepared for all that stuff I'm leaving at the door. Because as an adult, I'm teaching them to be responsible. So therefore, I'm going to give them a five minute warning when it's approaching and so I go in, and even though I'm having a hard day, I'm going to say, Susie, you know, you need to tie up because uh, study time is beginning in five minutes. So whatever you're doing, go ahead and bring that to a close and get ready to clear off the study table. Uh, Susie jumps right to it. Johnny, in other, other words, he's doing his thing, and maybe he's a little bit more out of focus, so you might have to give him a little two warnings, split them up, say the first one's five-minute warning. Johnny, you, you know, you got this. You know your kids. That's all I'm saying is just know your kids. Don't personalize it. One might jump right up to it, go to it and say, yes, mommy, no problem. And the other one will be, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. And then five minutes comes, you have to go back in and remind them. It, don't consequence. Don't overdo it. It's just that sometimes that's just the tension span talking. It's nothing to personalize. And so you just got to know your kids. Um, and make it fun. Just say, Johnny, hello. <laughs> and maybe encourage him a little bit and then say, all right, go join or go you know, take your seat and uh, I'll help you. I'll t help you turn this off or, you know, help them get over there. Because a lot of times you don't want to have this control struggle that it's all about something else. Okay. So remind that I, I spend a little bit on that because that's usually the issue. It starts is getting them to go to where they need to be. Uh, bring them the activity to the close. Make sure that they're cleared off the table and then make a routine that they empty all their bags. Because the routine is, okay, now empty your backpacks and get your book supplies and get ready, begin. And then you can have a timer. Because here's the thing I love is that kids love to know that there's a timer because mom is not going to trick me and make me do homework for two hours. Uh, and you don't want them to do homework for two hours because you need to get them to go things. So if you set that timer, you put it up. If your kids thrive off the timer, they know they just have to do study time for that long. And then here is the next question. Here's the next trick. And, and then we're going to go to break is that uh, this is important. Allow your children to choose that study time and, and related issues there. But choose the study time before or after dinner. It doesn't matter. Don't get into a concept contest when it is or they can do it immediately after they get home from home or they can do it when they wake up early before they go to school i mean whatever your kid's good at because some kids are good in the morning and some are good at night it, you gotta work towards their strength so if a kid can wake up real early and has like an hour before they go to school and they get their homework done let them do it uh, let them have some ownership in it and invite them to choose the kitchen table or a spot where they're, but not in their own room. Don't do it in their own room. Um, a spot in their own room is, it's hard because they, you want it to be out in the public so they know they have some space there. Once they choose it, don't have the children um, study 
uh, make sure it's there as they're studying, make sure they focus on that because then we're going to come back and set some rules also for you as parents. As these children have that time, they're going to make sure they do it. So we'll be right back. Here's what we're talking about. As we went to break, we went out to break, and we're talking about a hot topic is doing homework with your children. And this is a topic, if you don't have kids and you're listening, it, it's some great things if you have nieces and nephews when you come in and help, you can uh, use these skill sets and help them. Give us a call when you can if you want to share some experiences or if you just have input, 731-1230. Uh, if you're having some struggles, we can kind of brainstorm them. But here's what we went out to break. We were talking about allowing your children to choose some of the issues or homework time. So if it's in the morning, if it's at night, let them have some choice in that so that they feel like they have some control of their own life. Because honestly, that is the whole thing as a child. You're just trying to gain control because there is no bad child. There's just a child that's choosing bad choices because um, they're just trying to gain control just like you are as an adult. And so they just do it on a more you know, throwing fits and, and it's very vivid. And even us adults sometimes throw fits. So <laughs> there, we're going to jump right back into it because we talked about choosing that time, make sure it works for all of you. And then it's also just when it comes to helping out, um, only help if your child asks. And I always look at this because um, a lot of times the parents, unless you have special occasions, when we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, is if the child has a learning disability, that's a whole nother thing because they're going to need a little bit more help. Uh, to get through the homework. But if a child's capable, let them learn by just asking for help when they do it. And then don't do the problems or assignments for your children. Because sometimes you as parents and even as adults, we get so frustrated. And I've caught myself doing this sometimes when I get frustrated with some kids is I'll catch myself giving the answer just to get it done. Because you're like, I'm done with this. Let me just do it for you. And then you get it done and you're like, hey, go away. And then what did the kid learn, right? So you got to basically help him. When a child says, I can't do it, suggest to him to change the action that they can do it and encourage them. Tell them that, you know, you can do it and act like you know what you're talking about or you know what you're learning. Encourage them just by verbalization, just encourage them. And then, you know, see if that works before you go over and just start doing it for them. But once you encourage them, once you say, yes, you can do it, I know you can, just try your best, walk through those motions, and then immediately leave the room. Why would I say leave the room after you encourage them? Because if you know this child, and like I said, you know your kids, right? You're going to get to know your kids. And and don't forget, because you know which kid can do this and which can't, and you got to make sure you understand that. So if this is a child that's capable and willing, and his baby just having struggles to focus... When you leave the room, you're going to let them learn to problem solve and figure it out on themselves because not a lot of times in life they're going to have somebody to assist them, so they have to be creative and innovative. So when you leave the room, it gives them a chance to try to keep uh, giving them a chance to handle it on their own. And then if they keep telling you they can't do it, then help them. Then come in, and then that's when you become the coach or mentor, not the one that does the homework. And you can use questions. And I'm going to give you some of the series of questions here. So listen to here. This is going to be fun because what you want to understand is when you start helping them do the homework, it's not sitting down because kids are really good. They're like mini attorneys. They bring their briefcase, they open it up, and they say, Mom, Dad, remember Exhibit 3? You said that I could do this at this day at this time. And you're like going, 
uh, uh, I don't remember that. And Johnny's like, yeah, you did. You said it. And then it becomes this argument. He said, she said. And then you start trying to rationalize with your kid about homework time or whatever they bring to the case. And this is how you sit down and eliminate that argument. Eliminate you doing it. You just sit down and ask these questions, starting with this one. What did you get? And they're like, well, uh, I knew it was about a fish that had a, a flying wing or, you know, and they start going off. And, and you might laugh a little bit. Make it humorous. Don't make, don't make it all serious and make sure they're having fun learning. And then say, what part don't you understand? Isn't that simple? And they'd be like, well, I don't get this part. This is what I'm having. Then you, you only focus on what they're having a hard time in. Can you give me some examples of what you think? And then have them explain it because remember, kids are visual. And most kids are. And so as you have them kind of explain it to you, that way you can know if they're getting it. What do you think the answer is? Isn't that cool? Just simple things like that. You're just, you're basically guiding them through. And then you say, how can you find out? Because maybe they say, I don't know. Because that's like, you know, teenagers or kids' favorite word. I don't know. Uh, And then you go, well, if you did know, what would it be, right? And if you could say, how can you find out? Then they say, well... Um, and then they'll try to start thinking it because all you're doing is you're trying to spark up the thinking wheels going because you don't want to do it for them. You want to help them. And once you get them going, then you want to slip out and say, well, think about those things I asked you and then try to see what you can do. And then again, immediately leave the situation so that you're helping them. Because if you want the behavior to teach their behavior, you want a certain behavior to be demonstrated. You have to teach that. You have to invest that time to get it done. So is if a problem at school, if it's organization, you have to invest some time to help them learn the organization system that you want. Because maybe with one of your kids, it's just being organized. Because after you try to help them, maybe it's just they, they're not organized. Maybe their paper's all over the place. Maybe when they're doing their math, it's crazy because they're not staying in the lines. And maybe it's just you teaching them a system of some sort of organization that you can do because it's your job to teach the system. And I'm sorry, mom, dad, if you're listening, that's your job. Not only the job to unintentionally screw your kids up because we do that, not setting out to do it. And I, I, I'm being facetious, but it, it is true. We don't set out to do it. It's not intentional, but our job is also then to create structure and systems that will help them offset that. So if we can say, okay, well, Johnny, you're not a good organizer. And, you know, we, of course, wouldn't go at him like that. But we just say, okay, I'm going to teach you some organization skills. You make it fun and you show him how he can put his, his binder this way and how he can keep everything nice. And just by doing that, he probably will, it'll solve a lot of his problems. So their job is to use it. And so once you teach him that system, then you check back occasionally to make sure the system is being used. That's it. Just make sure it's being used. Check back often at first because it takes a while to create that habit. And then just provide direction and correction if they're not doing it where it's necessary. You don't need to come in and say, oh, my gosh, and go to the crazy zone, right, and freak out. All you have to do is just come in and say, hmm, what do you think about this? Uh, maybe we should try this. So it's a lot of suggestions, and it gives them a lot of control in their life. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's so cool, Dad. I didn't think about that. And then they think you're a rock star because you didn't come out yelling at them. You help them solve the problem instead of just telling them how un, un, um, 
undeficient they're doing because the kids don't want to hear that. Uh, they're still very new, you know, new at the whole system. You've been doing it a while, so you have to give them a break. So now if your child needs a little bit more time management, then you start working on time management skills. I know as I grew up as a child, um, having that, you know, learning disability in the ADD, time management was my worst nightmare. I didn't want to sit and do homework. So I had a hard time when I went into college to learn that skill set. So I had to go take classes that taught me time management at a younger age. And then when I um, had some experiences as a, young, as a young adult, I learned that time management even more because I didn't have that skill set because um, it was just not in my genes. And so it's been a task because uh, you have to learn. They need to learn the importance of due dates and tasks each week. And you can't force them because you can't say, oh, did you not do this? And it's it's really the teacher and them need to create an agenda each each time that they can sit down and do the study time. Now, the time uh, to help them is to create that value and the importance of doing it first. Um, it's getting the importance into the mind is that uh, you, with your child is to let them know that it's important. Hey, you know, you want more time to do something than get this done first. And then it gives them more time to do that because you want to create that importance, but you don't want to force it to the because it's not going to work, as we mentioned before. And, you know, and you have to look at it. And this is important. Because we've got to p- replace, and I want to touch on this because I think this is the biggest piece we get, in, 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 and I get all the parents asking me about it, is can I discipline my kid if they don't do the homework? Well, I always say this. I say, yeah, you can discipline anybody, um, and you can definitely take everything away. Um, but then I always say, but what does it teach them as far as natural consequence? Because, I mean, yeah, we can argue back and forth that monetary and external rewards will encourage them and help them do it, right? And we'll get the right response we want. Now, here's the thing is that um, they end up, as we know, that if they don't do certain things, they're not going to get certain things, right? The natural consequence is what is going to happen. So if I say, I'm going to give you ice cream if you do great on your test. Well, what was the reward? What did they learn from that? Is that ice cream equals... Good test equals ice cream, right? So then that's the monetary reward. And it only lasts for a short time. And and this is where I'm getting is that these style of briberies, because that's really what it is. You're bribing your kids. Um, and I hate that I'm being very blunt on it is that if you want to bribe your kids to get a good behavior, it's the same thing is that if the baby cries, I give them a bottle. But sometimes when the baby cries, it doesn't mean they're hungry because <laughs> a lot of times the kid can't verbalize what they want. And as we're, as the baby's crying, a lot of times we just say, here's a bottle. And he throws it down on the ground and you're like, what do you want? Tell me, talk to me. And, they, and he's just crying because they can't talk. But I'm just using that as an example is, is sometimes the monetary rewards, it, it's not going to help them because it's only short term. So you have to say, okay, what is it that I want to get in? I want to encourage him. I want to develop life lifetime uh, love and learning and so if that's what I'm trying to develop in my child is a long lifetime learning and that it's the love of learning and that they're going to do it once they leave my home instead of uh, you know trying to give them things and here's the thing that you can encourage them instead of making a positive um, you want to make verbal positive comments and encouragements 
and you want to always encourage and embrace the behaviors that are good. And when I talk about it, it's called reinforcing. It's the random reinforcement, and it's called variable reinforcement. It's why these beautiful casinos still have tons of people coming into it because random variable reinforcement is what addicts you to gambling. And what I mean by that is this is what it, how it works. is Random reinforcement is you come in, I put a dollar in, and I win $5. Oh, my gosh, that was so cool, but it was random. Then I put the $5 back in, and all of a sudden the machine gobbles it back up. I'm like, what the heck? And then what do I do? I reach for another $5 because I think I can get 10 out of it, right? This is called random variable reinforcement, and that's what keeps you addicted to gambling. Now, it's a very positive reinforcement. No, don't get me wrong, because the casinos spend millions and millions of dollars to study this. And they, the environment set up for everything in there, they, they're not dummies. It's, it's a business. They have a profit and loss statement. And they know what they're going to bring in, what they're going to lose. And, and the house wins over time. And so you have to think about that with homework is that if I want positive reinforcement, I'm going to do the random variable reinforcement. So, for example, you followed the directions exceedingly and you finished within 15 minutes, Susie. I can't believe it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much. I, I give him a hug because maybe Susie, her love language is just physical touch. And so by going up to her and just saying, wow, I love what you did. And she's going to be like big smiles and she made mom proud. But the playoff is that she's getting random reinforcement. I noticed you studied late last night working on your term paper. It's probably wasn't easy, but it saved much m more end of the time. So now you got a lot to do. You give more free time. So now you're encouraging them. Wow, way to go. That's great. Because they're doing it because they learned the system and you're coming back in and reinforcing it. And it's all saying also, it's just going back and saying, um, also, I see you got good grades. Are you got the study table all cleaned up and ready? It looks great. And the responsibility and it hooks them together. So you're saying, Good job getting that done. Good job being responsible and then give him a hug or maybe he's a high fiver and you just say, good job and give him a high five. Whatever that random reinforcement is, you've got to encourage him. Make sure it is. So we're going to take a break. When we come back from break, I'm going to teach you what you can do as parents as your kids are doing homework where you can get your stuff done. We'll be right back. Let's jump back into it with the little time we have left and let's talk about as we went into replacing certain rewards, making sure we're not bribing our children to get their homework up done. Because as we mentioned, that's a short media response and they only last very short. And, and so what we're talking about is making sure we encourage them, help them understand that it's part of their responsibility and we're not going to bribe them for it because the reward system is, is the natural consequence. They don't get bad grades. They don't lose their jobs. There's, there's an instance there that it's their responsibility that they don't have to go to summer school if they're, they're creating a bad system for themselves. We step in and help them create the systems to be successful, but we can't own it if they choose not to be part of the system. That's the hardest thing as parents is letting your children learn from their mistakes, not enabling them. And so sometimes they're going to have to go to behavior school or sometimes they will have to go to summer school to make that up. If they lose out on a summer, most kids will hurry and regroup and say, okay, that wasn't cool. And they then you say, well, what can we do to fix it? What do you need help with? 
and that's where you come back in and start asking. So here's the last thing. As they're doing their homework, I told you as we went to break, I'm going to give you some information, which is so cool with parents. And if you do this always, or already, not always, if you do this already as parents, as your kids are doing homework, then you're ahead of the game. How do I get most things done in the home? Because I'm so running around and I can't get it all done in once. So here's the cool part about it. As your kids are doing homework, as you're letting them learn, now, again, if you have two parents in the home, you can tag team and help. If you have one parent and you're a single parent, the hard part is is that you play all roles. So it's pretty tough. I'm, I, my heart goes out to you because coming from a family with a single mom, uh, growing up for a while there with seven kids, that's a tough situation, but you can do it. I know you can. It's just creating really good systems and making sure you get it done. And so here's the thing is that when the kids are studying and having them take care of your responsibilities, you get to go wash the dishes, you can do the laundry, you can be doing things in between. But here's the big thing is that make sure that you keep the television off and that you're engaged in fun, not in fun activities or noises around them. Because that's the time children will need to be, they'll be distracted. Because if you're trying to create a study time and it's uh, in, in the, the whole family is not committed, it's going to be hard for them to commit if you're not doing it. Because if you're sitting there and I'm a parent, I'm saying, get your homework done. And I'm sitting there glued to the TV because I'm trying to unwind because I had a bad day. How's that going to look to your kid? I mean, it's yes, you're the adult. Yes, you have the freedoms. We can get into that argument. But if I'm committed with them, I say, hey, for this time, study time is for an hour. All electronics are off. We're going to create the study time. I might go read a book. I might go do the dishes. I might do laundry as I'm doing laundry, going back and forth. How's study time going? You need help? They might say, hey, mom, I need help. You stop. You, as you're sitting there folding, you ask the questions we learned, and then you go about your day. That's going to increase your productivity as a, as a parent. Because then you're going, when do I get my laundry done? When do I do this? Now, that's the best case scenario, okay? Because if a, if a kid can self-govern, then you, you can do great things and you get a lot done. Now, here's the question I did promise I was going to answer. What if your kid says, I don't care, I don't want bad, I don't care if I get bad grades, whatever, right? And they yell at that at, at, that at you and it's not important to them. But here's the thing. It goes back in again to the natural consequence. Real life consequences are bad choices, like not doing their homework. This uh, You got to think about this this way because it's better for your child to learn from these consequences at, at the age of 10 by failing their grades or having to go to summer school, as I mentioned, than when they learn it at 25 by losing their job or going to jail or doing all those things. Because natural consequences is the mother of all learning. If It's like repetition. You got to be repetitious sometimes for a child to get it on the third time. It's what advertisers do for when you see a site, you don't get the advertising until like the 27th time or 19th time. It triggers a response and then you're like, I need to go buy that. So they, that's why they repetitively play those commercials and, and they drive us crazy. And so it's the same thing is that they have to learn. You can't be more invested in them. And now here's the other thing I want to be cautious to, too, because that's what we do is we advocate here at the Never Give Up is that if you have a child with a learning disability and you know that some things are going on there, definitely make sure what you understand that learning disability, how it structures, get them tested, make sure that you know what it is. If it's ADHD, if it's focus, if it's dyslexia, then that way when you put the systems in place, 
you're going to create the systems to meet the need of that child. Does that make sense? So then that way you're not, because it's the 80-20 rule. The child with the disability is going to have more, they're going to need more attention than the child that doesn't have it. So sometimes as a parent, you have to be very skillful in knowing, okay, well, Johnny's going to need a little bit more attention than Susie because Susie's more self-governing. Now, here's the cool thing in the law of children. If Susie's really good at something and Johnny needs help, sometimes you can ask Susie to help her brother. And then it creates unity within the family that mom doesn't always have to step in because if Susie's good at that subject, if they're okay as siblings and they're willing to help each other, let that natural thing happen. Now, if they start a fight, that's okay. You know, don't be the bad cop, good cop, because you're a coach. And this is something I want you to understand as we go into the end of the show, is that when it comes to homework, as you create the structure, now, you can be the cop in the situation, or you can be the coach. And I want you to understand that. And I love this, because my uh, trainer, facilitator, assistant, co-partner, Phil, he'd been on the show once, he uses this concept, and I love it a lot, is that, if I'm a cop, when a cop pulls you over and gives you a ticket, they demand the authority very quickly and it's fear driven and you're like, oh no. And then when you leave immediately, you start speeding again, <laughs> but <laughs> most people. And and uh, it's funny because that cop has the authority, he says, in, you, in the immediate thing you do, yes, sir, no, sir. And you respect the badge and the suit. And, and most people do. There's some people that don't. But in the, in most cases, or you can be the coach and the coach encourages prompts and gives them, but the coach always lets them have the natural consequence. And this is the hardest thing, and I learned as I coached college soccer for a few years, is that when I had my college players, I always let them understand, because at that level, they, they were it demand a higher level of, of need as far as the, I expected it because they, they were at a level of uh, sportsmanship that they should. But when they did things, there was a natural consequence. I didn't discipline them all the time. It's the same thing with your kids. Natural consequences bring back long term. But that's it for the show. Homework. It's fun. Don't give up on it. Always remember Las Vegas. Stick in there and never give up. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Driven Person podcast. Something I said today resonated with you. Head over to my website. I would love to give you a free gift to download. But you can also email me at purpose-driven-person at gmail.com. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And remember, guys, always continue to push your dreams and never give up. I'll see you next time. Take care.